This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts of the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. Joining me on today's episode, John Carrasco. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Big Speaker. That's B-I-G-G underscore speaker. John, how you doing, bud? I am doing pretty good, man. And oh, It's a good morning and everything like that. And yesterday was a good day, you know. Smackdown yep. Raiders had a good win so yeah it was a good one yeah that's definitely um you know a, a cause for a good day whenever sure. your team wins it the Falcons was. actually play here at two o'clock you know, nice, in a few nice. hours so I'm looking forward to that also college football is back so there's a lot of good things to look forward to as far as like sports on tv and all that stuff but speaking of sports being on tv that kind of got in the way of this week's Smackdown for me anyways see I have direct tv John does not. I don't know what John has, but Suddenly. yeah. So he doesn't. They they don't even know what the hell Suddenly is. That's just like it's a look. I don't even. It's know your what all right. Anymore. Wherever you they are, <laughs> locally, that local cable station that you have. Uh, well, the one here where we live is called Suddenlink, and it sucks. Like seriously, it, it's bad. Like people. Thanks. Nothing against people that have it. Their service sucks, is what I'm saying. Their their communication and all that stuff. I know that kind of came out wrong, but hey, I'll be honest. Directv sucks too. Extremely overpriced. Once NFL Sunday ticket goes to Apple TV next month or next year, sorry, I will be um, leaving Directv and I'll be officially just you know subscribing to Apple TV and doing what I got to do to get. SmackDown, uh, whether I got to go local for cable, because that, that is, you know, it's a lot better of a deal than what DirecTV has. But anyways, for whatever reason, the Fox on DirecTV here where I live in Emerald, Texas, I'm not sure if it was the same way for anybody else. The Cowboys versus Seahawks game, the preseason game, was what was on Fox at 7 o'clock. Exact time slot of SmackDown. I typically uh, start SmackDown a little bit late. I record it, and I have fast-forward time through commercials and, um, you know, things like that so I can get through it quicker than, you know, an actual two-hour, you know, sit time because you get to fast-forward these commercials. Just, you know, mathematically, you get through it faster. But anyways, they didn't have it on, like, FS1, which is what they typically do if they move it. So I don't know why on my TV it was messed up, but on yours it wasn't. Definitely kind of weird. We pulled it up on the fire stick, but at that point, um, you know, half of it was already over, and I had already contacted Matt and told him that I was just going to, you know, watch it this morning, and we'd get the show into him early, uh, as early as we could. So, uh, you know, John is familiar with it. He watched SmackDown Live last night, and then he kind of watched it with me this morning as I was catching up on everything that happened. So he is fully up to speed on everything that happened. So we are going to do the best we can to give you guys a nice – thorough review here of SmackDown that aired on August 26, 2022 from the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Shout out Detroit, Kyle. But 
I mean, this SmackDown, from what I read, from what I saw, um, let's see, CBS Sports gave it a B rating, just of the SmackDown in general. Started with a pretty long match, ended with a pretty good match into the main event. Had some tag team action to kind of fill it throughout the show. Some good backstage interaction, some good backstage segments that kind of set the stage for what's going to happen next week on SmackDown, which is kind of what we'll get into is there's a lot of stuff that was announced for next week. So this episode of SmackDown almost seemed like a little bit of a layup or a toss up for next week, next week's SmackDown as a go home show to be a slam dunk. Do you agree with that, John? I do. I do. I mean, I felt like they, you know, the buildup is starting to get a little bit more intense and everything like that. So them including like the new day coming back and everything like that, that's going to be, I think, a overall good thing. So yeah, I think, uh, I agree with that, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the New Day, actually. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and see here. Because I don't have my typical chronological order notes that I have every week whenever I watch SmackDown live, um, we're going to go through it a little bit different. Just kind of go segment by segment. And, you know, what I have here might be in chronological order, but, I mean, it's not what I have written down. So I'm not going to, you know, I guess say that's exactly what it is and confuse everybody or if something might be a little bit out of place here. But we could start with Ricochet versus Happy Corbin. The match at the very beginning was a little bit longer than what I thought whenever I read the results and I just saw that Ricochet defeated Happy Corbin. I thought that it was, you know, a pretty quick match. But actually watching it this morning ended up being a lot longer than I thought. I told you uh, Shooting Star Press, one of my favorite moves of all time. So for Ricochet to get a win with that, I mean, he's a high flyer. So um, nobody in currently employed by wwe can probably do it better than him so i like to see him break it out especially to get a win yeah man on this one man i can say that i, I didn't feel like ricochet's like energy was all there you know i felt like uh i mean Corbin, even his gear was different yeah i guess you could say that he had his new shoes on some what purple dunks i guess it was yeah but uh yeah man i i just didn't think like well, I, I didn't feel as if like that was the ricochet that you'd see on a good night you know i felt like it was kind of like kind of sloppy, I guess you could say, but I felt like Corbin was the best performer in this match, even though he got the L, you know. Uh, it seemed like he kind of like added some new things to his belt. I don't know if it was like new moves or some of the stuff that he did uh, before, but he, he he did some stuff that I didn't see before. So I was kind of, okay, yeah, kind of stepping up his game a little bit. I don't know. He had like this crazy freaking like off the shoulders through ricochet his face into the turnbuckle type stuff and i was like yeah i was like okay i'm glad he didn't do that to pat mcfee or anything like that but yeah i was impressed by that yeah ricochet somebody who at the very least whenever you watch him even if it's his opponent you know because he's so good at selling and doing Mm -hmm. things like that impressive is a word that comes to mind uh, a lot whenever you're talking about ricochet so he does get the win here. We'll see what happens going forward with him. But um, Happy Corbin got the stuff drawn on him after this match was over. Obviously, Pat McAfee had a little bit of fun with that. I don't know exactly what it is, if he's actually the one that's controlling that. You know, when they put the circle around his head oh, yeah, and they do probably, the arrows probably. and all that. I don't know if he's just commentating and somebody in the back is actually doing that. I don't know if they have the software for, for Pat to have that right there at ringside. I don't know. They might. You know, I, I have no idea. I'd I'm, assume so. I'm sure here in a couple of weeks they'll show him doing it, you know, mm-hmm. John Madden style. Shout out to John Madden, obviously. Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, head yes, coach. So, anyways, we can continue on here. Street Profits and Hit Row had a pleasant encounter backstage. What did you think about this? I mean, it was pretty funny, is what it looked like. Obviously, just just watching the the quick little video, and it did set up for something else a little bit later in the show. But what did you think about the encounter in general? Well, I mean, 
for for this to like start like making this like fruition, I guess you could say. I mean, I guess I can start leaning towards like, okay, I'm okay with this type of stuff, you know. But I don't know, man. I just hit, hit, hit row. I mean, they're still hard for me to get behind. So I mean, I just got to keep following this to see exactly how it's gonna play out to even make my decision. You know, like I even said before, but. It's getting it's getting a little bit more spicy along the road and stuff like that, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, there we'll talk a little bit later of the things that were announced for next week, but Hit Row will be in the ring. That's just kind of we'll plug that right away that we're going to see Hit Row wrestle next week, and it is going to be at least something that I'm looking forward to. I'm not really sure about you, just because of uh, who they're going up against, but you know, like I said, we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. Right now, the oh, women's man. tag team tournament for the. Um, I guess vacant is what you can call them. Women's tag team championships. The finals is the finals going to be at Clash of the Castle. It is right. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what Michael Cole said? Okay, cool. But now we know who is going to be in the finals to determine the new SmackDown or not SmackDown. I always say that for some reason, the new women's tag team champions in general, you know, I don't know why I always want to, you know, credit SmackDown to having those women's tag team championship belt. But like I said, I mean, technically they are currently on, SmackDown wrestlers, you know, Sasha and Naomi, although, you know, they not really on SmackDown, but it is what it is. Anyways, so this second chance fatal four-way match to, I guess, replace one of the teams that got eliminated. Because didn't the other NXT team get injured Mm -hmm. or something like that? So the first NXT team got injured. Was Nikita Lyons. Yeah, yeah, and Zoe Stark, they got injured. And then Gigi Dolan, Toxic Attraction, that tag Mm -hmm. team. I don't know, Jade isn't the other one? I I don't want to... I think it was JC J. Yeah, JC J. We had this exact conversation last mm-hmm. week, and so that's on me for not getting it. But <clears throat> they got injured as well. Mm-hmm. So just real quick, I mean, it was crazy it, that it was announced like an hour before showtime too. Also. NXT wrestlers injury prone or what? I hope not because that's all that's in this Bang finals now. Main roster it's, beatings. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is. Just coming up, it's like college going to the NFL. You know, just not quite used to that physicality. No, I'm just kidding. I thought obviously. they were doing pretty good though. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Obviously, NXT yeah, yeah, is yeah. full of a bunch of you know capable main roster wrestlers mm-hmm. for sure. But anyways, this match included Sonya Deville and Natalia versus Dana Brooke, Tamina, Shotzi and Zia Lee, and Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. But uh, let's see. Deville rolled up Nikki into the ring after Brooks suplexed her into all of the other participants outside of the ring. So Sonya Deville and Natalia end up getting the win here, and they their their night isn't over. So they advance to go up against Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah, Aaliyah later on. So we'll kind of get to that match whenever it comes. But whoever won this match was going to have to do double duty. So it couldn't be super, super long of a match. You know, you couldn't put on a 15-minute match and expect to, you know, have a, I guess, a semifinals match a little bit later in the, mm-hmm. in the exact same show. So we do get the veteran team here of DeVille and Natalia advancing to take on Raquel a little bit later and her acting partner, Aaliyah. But up next is something that was actually one of my favorite parts of the entire show. Gunther and Sheamus have their face off. They both cut, you know, pretty pretty good promo. Sheamus kind of talks to Gunther about how he sees himself in Gunther. Just, you know, that dominant physical force, somebody who loves to go to war inside the ring. And uh he just he mentioned a couple of similarities between the two that he sees at least and I guess he can kind of draw to I guess give him a reason to respect Gunther right away, you know that he sees some of himself in him. 
But that doesn't take away from the fact that he has something that Seamus wants. Seamus has been talking about it on social media. I know for sure he's posted at least one picture, that one that I showed you of his, oh, yeah. his corner, where he has every single belt there except for the Intercontinental Championship. He even has the Money in the Bank briefcase. He has won the Royal Rumble as well. Seamus is very decorated as a WWE wrestler. And that Intercontinental Championship seems to be the only title that has eluded him throughout his career. But I will say he's running into the wrong champion, though. You know how I feel about Gunther. Sheamus is very, very capable of giving Gunther all he can handle. Or handle, sorry. But uh, I don't think it's going to be enough, honestly. Gunther, in my personal opinion, is just getting started. Obviously, the the two... I guess lackeys kind of get into a little bit of a brawl. Butch and Ludwig, they kind of go at it while Sheamus and Gunther are just staring at each other. They're not even moving. They're not even breaking. It's, it's as if those two aren't even going at it. But a brawl does take place right there in the ring kind of while they're having this stare off. And it just kind of, I guess, symbolically tells you, I guess, how laser focused these guys are. You know, how they both are, you know, determined one of them to retain that championship, one of them to gain it and take it from the other one. It makes the title feel important, and this is a championship that's needed some credibility for a while now. So, I mean, what do you think about this segment? I mean, obviously, you're the one who told me, hey, you really got to watch this, so you know it was pretty damn good. But what do you think it did for this feud going forward? I mean, pretty good segment, right? Yeah, this is definitely, like, I guess you could say my highlight of the show because the stare down, I mean, of course, like the promos and everything from both were, I'd say, pretty spectacular. But just like that stare down, dude, it's like a, I don't even know how to say it. It's like one of those like old time things or maybe just like a different type country type thing where like, you know, staring, you know, they have like that real type, you know, stare down type stuff, whoever blinks first type. I don't know. That's why I kind of think like Seamus got the better hand of that just because I wouldn't say because... You know, the uh, Ludwig and uh, Butch got the in the lights. way, but still, you know, it's kind of like Gunther, he he was the one that took that little, like, step back, okay, I'm going to take my take my focus away from it type stuff. I was like, man, I don't know. It's just shame. It's kind of looking pretty strong right here just because of that right there. I mean, it was c- crazy for, like, everything just to be going around, you know, like, two-on-one type thing. I don't know. But yeah, it was crazy. It felt like Sheamus was the good guy here. It felt like he was the baby face, especially whenever he got the crowd involved. He's like, I don't know what you're saying, and no one else here knows what you're oh, saying. Anytime yeah, bro, somebody gets so the funny. crowd involved, yeah. it's like they're pandering to him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're like they want to get him behind him. So I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, the Sheamus, you know, try to get the crowd behind him there. But obviously, some good stuff here. Um, I do think I agree with you. It's one of the better segments of the show. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that just reading about it doesn't do it justice at all. You really have to kind of get the energy. Up for the the segment that it was. I mean, Sheamus literally listed all the guys that he's beaten in his career, and it is pretty yeah. damn impressive. Uh, not all the guys he's beaten, but just some of the some of the big names, you know, John Cena, Triple H, the current top dog, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. I mean, he has beaten some of the best that WWE has had to offer over the years. But continuing on here, let's go ahead and talk about some backstage stuff. Roman Reigns in his locker room, like usual, he's approached by Sami Zayn, who knocks on the door, the Usos come out, they're kind of, you know, talking about last week, they compliment him about the reception that he received in Montreal, which we all talked about was damn good, and he got one of the loudest pops I've heard in a long time, and, you know, they're kind of just saying, hey, you know, I mean, you did pretty good, you, you lost, Jay Uso actually, you know, makes sure to point out that he lost, but Sammy makes it clear, like, hey, if I wouldn't have got injured, 
if it would have been, you know, just a straight match, me being healthy, I without a doubt would have won. And, you know, he adds that, hey, and, you know, I actually did, you know, defend Roman Reigns later on in the show. I took a, a Claymore from Drew McIntyre and, you know, protected Roman Reigns, pushed him out of the way. And he felt like that was a little bit of a bonding moment. Like last week in general was like some bonding time, I guess, for Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And I have to agree. I really do, especially after what happens next, whenever, you know, as Jey Uso was... I guess, playing the role of like a doorkeeper, kind of just, you know, standing there, like you're not getting in here unless I say you can. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns says, you know, Jay, what are you doing? And he opens the door, sees Sami Zayn. He gives Sami Zayn the okay to come in the locker room where they kind of have that conversation. And, you know, they go on about last week, what happened. And where Roman Reigns says, hey, I mean, last week I needed you. You know, I was alone and I needed somebody, you know, to kind of have my back and step up. Something that basically is what family would do, right? And that's when, you know, Sami Zayn, he looks up and says, yeah, family should do that. And he looks at Jay. That was one of the best parts of the entire oh, segment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things, like, I don't know if that was like a a stage direction, you know, just, you know, using acting terms. You mm -hmm. know, when you get on the stage and, you know, that's what director says, like, hey, this is what you want to do. You know, you want to like this is your line like Sami Zayn's line was to say yeah that's something family should do but was it uh something that he decided like was it scripted that he looks up at him or was that something that he added because I do feel like Sami Zayn is somebody who on the spot can make a line just a, a moment and turn it into something that means more just because of his whole like demeanor and mm -hmm. I guess his body language I guess is you know a way that you could say it but Sami Zayn is somebody who just every week, if you watch him, you know, if you're just like old school kind of molded where you like your wrestlers to be just super buff, big dudes that, you know, like, are like, like similar to Dave Batista, you know, Triple H, even John Cena to an extent, like the ruthless aggression era, even the attitude era to an extent, you had to look a certain way to be the top guy, you know, and Sami Zayn doesn't meet those categories. He doesn't look like your world heavyweight champion. But he's somebody that if you just watch every single week, his work on the mic, his work as his character, just, you know, completely becoming that. And no matter what it is, I mean, we've seen him, you know, remember whenever he was walking around talking about a conspiracy theory, you know, going everywhere talking about, about WWE has a conspiracy against him. He had his own documentary team, you know, like coming there, you know, with a court or the camera, with a video camera. And he's like, are you getting this? You know, kind of just, he had that whole gimmick going on. Then he was the the elder statesman here on SmackDown for a little bit, and then you know I was just completely indulged into this bloodline role. I love the small details of him wearing the old bloodline shirt while they're wearing the new ones. I mean, there's no reason why he wouldn't have a new one. You know, like it's mm -hmm. clear that that's intentional. I love that little detail that they're adding to this. It's the small things with this whole thing with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. This whole dynamic. It is something that that keeps me coming back every week with SmackDown. Obviously, we cover the show. We have to watch SmackDown every week. But if even if I wasn't. This is the segment that, like, really makes me enjoy watching SmackDown. Obviously, the Gunther and Sheamus is getting pretty interesting, too. But this is something that's just built in. You know, what are we going to get from Sammy this week? Yeah, I do agree on the, the little things, like the little uh, handshake that he's developed with uh, Jimmy Uso. You know, I was oh, like, yeah, okay. they did that as he left. That's kind of cool. I was like, <laughs> and then freaking he tries to do it with Jay, and he's just like, points towards the door yeah. and I was like okay he's he's uh, like breaking his uh, barriers with uh, Roman Reigns Jimmy now he just got to you know get past that last step with Jay man and you can kind of see that it's working you know especially whenever you were saying how he was sitting there and then he started doing that little dance yeah that, that was the, funny the camera caught Jay so over there trying to like he was trying not to laugh yeah, exactly. I was like oh yeah he, he, he got some on hook bro so I was like alright yeah this is turning into something good but 
I don't know, man. I, I, one thing about uh, Jay Uso is that little cutoff shirt, you know, giving me like uh, Ezekiel Elliott kind of vibes. I was like, what are you doing with that stuff, man? See, you got Ezekiel Elliott vibes. I got cheerleader from the longest yard vibes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, cutoff that's, shirt, yeah. That, that's, that's horrible right there. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You definitely, yeah. That, that, that's what I saw out of that, man. And I was just like, uh, that was just that, that was probably my, my own only negative about that segment right there. I was just like, uh, you can't be doing that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But we can go ahead and move on, put a pin in that little segment there and get back to some entering stuff, which is the women's tag team title tournament semifinals between Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah for, I mean, I guess against Sonia Deville and Natalia. Remember, Natalia and Sonia earned their right to be in this match earlier in the night. Now, here during this match, we got Bailey and Dakota Kai, EO Sky, guest on commentary. So uh, they're kind of just spectating this match, watching it, seeing who they're going to be going up against at Clash at the Castle a week from today, actually, while me and you are recording this. So it's going to be interesting, obviously. Um, the NXT team, the former NXT team, Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez, win this match. So they beat Sonya Deville and Natalia. In the finals, that Clash of the Castle is going to be Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky. And like I mentioned while we were watching it this morning is that these are all former NXT women wrestlers. Like this whole tournament is set up for, I guess, it, it, it seems like at one point the NXT team, Zoe, uh, Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. They were a favorite, in my opinion, not to win it, but to go, you know, the distance. And I thought that they were, it was a way for Triple H to kind of, you know, showcase these women's tag team titles, but also put over an NXT team. And they don't have to get them to win, but they could still, you know, have a pretty good run here in the tournament. And then whenever mm -hmm. they got injured, Toxic Attraction was plugged in. And I thought, okay, just, you know, next man up. That mentality in football, you know, I guess just plug and play reload so to speak and i thought that it was going to be the same thing they were going to work their way to the other side of the bracket and they end up getting hurt as, hurt as well so just naturally triple h has no other option because all right you want to you want to take away all my cards then i'll force or and i guess you're going to force this card out of my hand which is all of these women that i know are capable of putting on damn good matches all these former nxt wrestlers i mean raquel rodriguez is my favorite of the bunch I, i've already told oh, yeah. you I don't want to be, like, negative on Dakota Kai at all. So please don't take me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that, like, size is everything. But keep in mind, I have a little sister that's, like, about the same size as Dakota Kai. And she's, like, I, I've, like, like, not, like, wrestled her my whole life. But I know how, like, you know, easy it is to, like, pick her up and, like, freaking move her around. You know, so I'm just, like, as a professional wrestler, knowing that, like, Raquel Rodriguez, who is, like, our size or bigger than us almost, you know, she's a very strong woman. Like, do you really feel like Dakota Kai is, I guess, capable of putting on you know, putting up a good match against Raquel Rodriguez? That's the thing about me is, like, I'm not high on Dakota Kai. That's it. I, I love Yo Sky. She reminds me of Sasha Banks, somebody who can just, you know, go turnbuckle to turnbuckle, jumps off the turnbuckles, Somebody who's like a high flyer, a technical wrestler as well. She's just a hell of a, I guess, sports entertainer, if you want to say that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pro wrestler type of guy, but I mean, she fits all, she checks all the boxes. She is just 100% built for the WWE. I love Io Shirai, or Io Sky now, sorry. That, that just dates it back how long I've been a fan of her, right? Sorry, kind of going to slip out a little bit. But Dakota Kai, seeing her get bullied so much. In NXT, whether it was by Rhea Ripley or whoever it was, you know, I was just never really a fan of her 
but I'm not going to, you know, just completely rule it out. That's the thing is I'm not saying, hey, she's not going to win me over. Keep in mind, at one point, I was not high on Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn either. If I would have had a podcast way back then, I'd be saying every week, these guys aren't, I guess, very believable in my personal opinion. I don't feel like they can compete amongst guys like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and John Cena at the time, like 2016 or whatever, whenever they first got up to the roster. I, I, was just, I wasn't high on them because I don't watch NXT like that, you know? So it's kind of the same thing with these ones, whereas... I know that they're talented. I know that they're capable, but it's hard for them to kind of, I guess, get over with me, especially, like I said, like with Dakota Kai, I just see my little sister whenever I watch her wrestle. I'm like, gosh, you know, how, how is, you know, Raquel Rodriguez not going to like pick her up and powerbomb her through the mat? You mm -hmm. know, that's just kind of, I guess, whenever it, current, whenever it comes to like uh, suspending my, my belief, you know, and watching wrestling. I can do that to an extent. Alexa Bliss, I had a problem with her for a little bit. Not like with her, but I had a problem doing it with her for a little bit there. Whereas, like, I, uh, like I'd watch her wrestle and I was like, man, you know, she's like five foot one and she's going up against somebody like Charlotte, you know, who just absolutely will pick her up, spin her around, throw her out of the ring. You know, it's kind of just one of those things I look at. And it's the same thing with men wrestlers. Like, do you really think that somebody like Nunzio back in the day is going to compete with somebody like Brock Lesnar? You know, like, there's a reason why there's weight classes, you know, and all that stuff. So, I don't know. It's just one of the things that I feel like of this group with Bailey, uh, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, I do feel like Dakota Kai is the only one, in my personal opinion, that's stopping this group from being extremely credible. Like, just because when I look at it, I'm like, I can't shake off those memories of her getting bullied in NXT and knowing just, I guess, that she probably is... Like, I don't know her exact size, like height-wise, you know. Like, she's just, I don't know. She just doesn't scream pro wrestler, in my personal opinion. And that's just, it is what it is. Um, it's kind of just my objective opinion on it. W what are your thoughts on, I guess, that tag team? I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. You don't have to really comment on any of that. But, I mean, just your thoughts on the finals. Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus this team, uh, Dakota Kai and Eosky. Well, I mean, it's definitely good to see, like, well, well, with this match right here, it just felt like Raquel. She was like the the main person in that match, I guess you could say. Instead of Aaliyah, she had got hit, took a bump, and she was on the side of the ring for I don't even know, like a majority of the match. You know, so it, I just felt like like that. That's what they're still trying to do is just push Raquel to to like a certain limit. You know, to more of like the singles person, I guess you could say, but. The EOS guy and Dakota Kai, man, I haven't really seen them, so I can't really say, I can't really give my input on it too yeah. early, you know. I, I can say from what, what I've seen on Raw, you know, that I believe it was just one match that they had, but I don't know, man. I Right right, right, right now, Raquel Rodriguez is the dominant person in this match, and that's she who I see. She stands out. Yeah, that, that's who I see taking over, you know, even with Aaliyah on her side. See, I think just way early prediction, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think that Dakota Kai and Io Sky are going to win somehow, mm -hmm. some way. I don't know if it's going to be like a, an illegal, you know, Bailey gets involved, Hooker Crook, some type of way. Like, it's not like I'm low on their potential because I know that, you know, Triple H is high on, these, high on this team, you right. know. So I, I know that they have a shot to win this thing. I, I agree with you. Raquel Rodriguez, she is the one out of all these women that could be a WWE women's champion today. Mm -hmm. Like tomorrow she can, you know, go take the title from Liv Morgan without a doubt. Right. But it's just kind of like, I look at it like this, like for the people who criticize Liv Morgan 
for her credibility. Like you can't criticize Liv Morgan and then praise Dakota Kai. It's kind of like where I get at. Like they're in the same tier right there, you know, and Liv Morgan runs circles around Dakota Kai, in my opinion. That's just where I stand, you know, and it is what it is. But uh, th that's really the only thing for me um, is just that group itself. I feel like they have a little bit of a ways to go before I'm like saying, all right, this, this group is legit, legit, like straight up. Team BAD, Beautiful and Dangerous is what they were called, with Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina. That was a group that I knew, like, all right, this is a credible group here. Like, they really can. And I'm not a, you know, Tamina fan or anything like that. You know that. But I'm just saying, like, she can kick some ass. Naomi mm -hmm. can do her thing. And we all know what Sasha Banks is. So, I guess just uh, by comparison, you know, even the, what's it called? They were called Submission Sorority at first, but they had to change their name. Because if you Google that, it's definitely something you don't want to see. But uh, I forgot what the, it was like PLB or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Paige, Charlotte, and uh, Becky Lynch. That's a good little three right yeah. there. Yeah, the, them three were like the, they all had their own submission move, and they were all like, you know, pretty badass. But it was one of those things that didn't last very long, but that was a team. When you look at it, hey, this team's pretty damn good, you know? So, I don't know. It's just I kind of wanted to give my two cents. I haven't really gotten a chance to comment on this team like that. You know, I'm just seeing them here in the finals. I already know they're probably going to win, but uh, I just kind of wanted to get out early and just say, yeah, not really high on Dakota Kai. EO Sky, gotcha. very high on her. She's number two right behind, um, what's her name, Raquel Rodriguez. But Aaliyah, see, her and... Dakota Kai are kind of right there neck and neck for me. Like they're, although one of them is being pushed, like, dang, you know, she's in a group that's, you know, on their way to the top. They're out there, you know, coming out at SummerSlam and all that stuff while Aaliyah is basically a jobber essentially and, you know, loses every now and then or most of the time wins every now and then. But I don't know. I feel like they're kind of the same. They're, they're very similar, although one of them is being pushed a lot harder than the other but we can go ahead and move on we spent a lot of time talking about that one we can move on to your favorite part of the show which is maximum male models photo shoot except this time it's interrupted by hit row uh what'd you think about this obviously with the whole bus being spray painted hit row sucks turns out it was not hit row's bus it was the street profits bus so maximum male models looks like some idiots and they you know end up running away but we get a match next week, Hit Row and Maximum Male Models. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out as far as like mixed tag or is it just going to be like two on two? What's it going to be? I don't know. But as far as this segment in general, which was pretty much supposed to be like a little bit of like a comedy segment, what were your thoughts on it? Well, for this to ultimately be in size down that's like it's supposed to be, you know, they had the ring for a while. Now they moved back to a locker. Now they're in the parking garage, you know, taking these Maximum Male Model photo shoots i guess you could say so i, I think it's uh well deserving of where it's supposed to be right now you know somewhere well off where cameras aren't really focused on them and stuff like that besides the ones that they're paying for but other than that man i'm i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of okay with what's going on with this uh i'm i want to see what's the involvement with the los lotharios you know i'm kind of yeah they are a little bit of like a weird wrinkle that's in this mm -hmm. whole thing yeah so i'm kind of curious about what the what maxine really has for their involvement i guess you could say because she's the one that ran to them got them you know they bring back that primer or spray paint whatever it was so yeah it's moving into a direction that gets my interest just a little i could tell you right now bit. what it's going to be next week 
Go for it. It is going to be um, the two guys in Hit Row with B-Fab as their manager, I guess, on the outside of the ring versus Monsois and Masse with Maxine on the outside. Mm-hmm. And prob- or, don't get me wrong. I think that Max Dupree might be on commentary with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee where Maxine is in the corner B-Fab's in the corner, and then we got the two guys kind of going at it in the ring in a tag mm-hmm. match, and we're going to get a face-to-face outside the ring with B-Fab and Maxine. Max Dupree is going to be providing so many, you know, one-liners, some some good comedy, you know, as a, as a guest commentary member with Pat McAfee. I can't wait to see those two guys together and to just being a go-home show. So I feel like this is going to be one of the more entertaining segments next week. And who knows, it might draw your interest in uh, one, if not both, of these groups. I was going to say, I mean, n- now that you mentioned that, I guess you could, I can see that happening, and then uh, Los Lotharios going against Street Profits now. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess you kind of broke see, it down there you and go. spread it yeah. out for me. So I was like, okay, okay. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like Max, he's like the, the oddball in all of this, you know, just because he's kind of like opposed to like some of the stuff that, they got going and stuff like that. So I'm kind of curious. I'm like, what the whole, like, what is supposed to turn into, you know, that, that that's the interest that it got to me at right now. Yeah. I've always kind of been interested to see how it develops, how it translates into the ring. Now we're seeing I was, it. I was, yeah. man. I was ready for this whole fashion show stuff to be out the way of them modeling beach wear and stuff like that. Now, now there's some direction, you know, now we're going into some matches and stuff like that. Yeah. See, Monsoir and Marseille yep. get beat up. Yeah, should be uh, should be coming soon. Also coming soon, likely their fall line, which you know is going to be a very not ready for it. Very uh, hyped up photo shoot. And, you know, <laughs> we're gonna have to break that down at some point. So you know, get ready for that. But anyways, moving on here, New Day. They come out to the ring, and they're cutting a promo. Xavier Woods is in a wheelchair. Kofi Kingston standing there. They're kind of talking about the Viking Raiders funeral that they had for him last week where they were throwing in boxes of bootios, New Day shirts, unicorn horns, just everything. In Xavier Woods' words, they were throwing away their legacy and burning it, you know. So Xavier Woods says maybe that's just what New Day is, done. You know, maybe it's it's time to kind of turn the page. And it seems like they were hinting at a split or like they were hinting at finally turning the page on the New Day. Who knows if they actually were or not because they got interrupted by – the Viking Raiders, they come out, and New Day sends them running away with kendo sticks and uh, leads to a match we're going to get next week. But what do you think about that? Did you think that the New Day are going to split up? Like, do you think that the time may be coming? Because, I mean, they, they were in pretty much regular clothes. I know that they mm-hmm. were, you know, beat up injured, but they didn't come out in their gear, throwing pancakes. They were hurt. They were, I mean, both physically and emotionally. You could tell that uh, they were definitely dealing with something. And they said that they underestimated the Viking Raiders. They were making fun of them, you know, taking shots at their intelligence and all that stuff. But, I mean, do you think that this is the end of the New Day era? Man, I hate to say this, but it's freaking crazy how, it, how like, drawn in I am to the New Day. I, I, I know it might sound weird, but, I mean, gosh dang, like, for, for that to happen, man, I was, like, totally thinking, okay, this is about to happen, you know, and I was kind of feeling for it, you know. I don't know, just the way Kofi Kingston was kind of speaking, you know, Xavier Woods, I was just, oh, man, this is really about to happen. And it's kind of crazy because I was thinking, like, 
all, all New Day is is just like a like a hype up to me, you know. But but for some reason, I'm still I I, I got that. I guess you could say, like, involvement with them emotionally, I guess you could say. Not not to be weird or anything, but, yeah, for them to start speaking in that tone, I was kind of, like, feeling down about it and stuff like that. You know, Viking Raiders music hit, okay, coming out. I thought they were really about to do another brutal beating on them, and I was like, okay. Or Xavier Woods, he gets up, pulls out those kendo sticks from the leg brace, and, man, I can't even explain, like, the... Like, little excitement that I had inside to see, you know, him throw the extra one to Kofi Kingston. They start whacking away. So, I don't think that they're going to break up, man. I think that was just kind of a little twist that they had, you know, had us on our seats, I guess you could say. But I I think they're going to ultimately have that good redemption next week and do what they got to do. Yeah. We'll talk about everything that was announced, <clears throat> excuse me, for next week here in just a little bit after we talk about the main event, which is Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. Physical as hell, brutal match. Goes for quite a while, if I'm not mistaken. This was, you know, a lengthy match. And then uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso, they come out to try to distract Drew. And they do for a little bit. Sami Zayn hits a blue thunderbomb, uh, but it's not enough. Drew McIntyre does end up getting the win. However, Roman Reigns comes out. The whole bloodline is there now, all four of them, if you include Sami Zayn. And uh, despite Drew fighting back for a little bit, they really put a beating on him here. You know, chair shots, um, a haluva kick outside of the ring, hitting him with the stairs. And then Roman Reigns just sits on top of him and basically just tells him, hey, I'm, I'm at the top of this mountain. I'll always be at the top of this mountain, and you're not going to until I say it's all right, until I'm done. And then I give it to you. Then you can have it. But pretty much saying, like, I know you're coming for the top, but, hey, you're not going to get it. And uh, we'll see if it comes to fruition. Roman Reigns obviously confident as hell. The bloodline was extremely cohesive tonight. They were a unit that was just working together like a well-oiled machine. Even despite Sami Zayn and Jey Uso having their differences, you really wouldn't have been able to tell that during this segment because, I mean, they were holding them up for a hoover kick. They were working together. And, you know, it is what it is. Although the, the tension is still there. The hostility is still there between Jay and Sammy. We're going to see that continue to unfold. But it really wasn't on display during this main event. And uh, we saw, despite Sammy Zayn losing to Drew, they did what they had to do, and that was put a beating on him. And I guess try to, I guess, butter him up a little bit? No, that's not the right word. Just get him ready to... Break him down. Yeah, break him down. Yeah, break him down for Roman Reigns Mm -hmm. because he's about to have his way with him at Cardiff. At a Clash of the Castle. Yeah, this one was definitely crazy, man. Just start to finish, I guess you could say. Whenever they, I, I, man, whenever they hit him with that the chair or the uh, stairs on his head, man, I was kind of thinking, okay, leave him alone, you know, let him be in type stuff. Of course, they still drag him in. Roman, he starts doing this little pounding and stuff like that. Oh no, I just felt for Drew at this time. You know, we, we've been watching him kind of taking this little. Uh, mounting up the hill and it's basically like it's about to just like come to the peak I guess you say not even like a I wouldn't even say like a downfall I think it's just like he's like kind of just like going to be stuck there you know because he's ultimately he's trying to build for something that's what he told us whenever he first came back to Smackdown you know that he's trying to get that belt back and stuff I was like but yeah just right now man just uh, for this match to actually like be here next week and stuff like that I don't know. Drew, he's definitely, you know, he's about to go through it again, I guess you could say. 
yeah, I mean, the, it's just getting started for him, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, Karrion Cross is somebody who's kind of waiting in the wings, talking about Drew. Uh, he had a backstage promo today, or not backstage, it was kind of on the stage, but the the lights were out, their, their music hit. Scarlett was standing right there next to him, and he just basically said, at any moment, I could completely ruin your plans. Just like, and put my hand or my arm through the back of your head and just ruin all the achievements you had and make them all for naught because I'll put you on the shelf. So, Karrion Cross is somebody who's kind of waiting there. You don't really know mm-hmm. what to expect with him. He's kind of like a wild card. We'll see if he ends up coming into play before or after Clash at the Castle, but you know it's inevitably going to happen. Some of the things that were announced next week for the Go Home Show, we do get uh, Roman Reigns celebrating his two-year anniversary as the world champion. Not as the unified world champion, but since he won that universal champion and or universal championship and he's just been on top. Two years, gone by pretty damn quick, but man, what a, what a hell of a run by Roman Reigns that we are in the middle of, it seems like. Karrion Cross is going to make his in-ring return next week. Maximum Male Models will make their in-ring debut as a collective against Hit Row, Ludwig Kaiser versus Butch, and then New Day versus Viking Raiders in a Viking Rules match. So pretty loaded go-home show for SmackDown. We kind of already fantasy booked a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, how that uh, Maximum Male Models and Hit Row match is going to go. We'll see if we end up being right or wrong. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully there's no games that take over Fox or something like that. I will be so pissed off. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to be on top of it and see what happens. But either way, we will be able to provide a thorough SmackDown review next week regardless and uh, definitely get it to you pretty early because obviously Clash at the Castle is going to be that Saturday. I don't know what time in the afternoon it's going to be. I think it's early, right? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know either. We'll, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I, I do need to look at that, look at the time exactly. But either way, we're going to have to get that SmackDown review out pretty quick after SmackDown goes off the air. And that's something that we can definitely do. But, John, any shout-outs, any plugs, anything like that before we sign off here? Well, I mean, definitely want to give you a shout-out, man. Thank you for having me another week and everything like that. And, of course, check out the football function if you need your football content. But, yeah, definitely want to give a shout-out to the listeners as well, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Hope y'all have a good weekend and everything like that. And yeah, definitely want to close it out like that. Oh yeah, damn good episode. I feel like, um, obviously, I hate not being able to watch SmackDown Live. It throws off my routine. I know that this is a routine industry. You know, just mm-hmm. this this WWE podcast that we're on here. Everybody has a, everybody has a job to do, and it's our job to close out the week and review SmackDown. And I don't like getting it out late. That's just something that I am uh, not a, really a fan of, but. You know, it is what it is. Sometimes you can't really control it. That was just something that I had no idea was going to happen until it was already too late. And then here we are on Saturday morning doing this thing. But, you know, it is what it is. Still a good review. Got you a chance to watch it twice pretty much. Get a little bit more familiar with it. Just a little bit fresher on your mind. That always feels good mm-hmm. going into a podcast. So uh, you, you got to love that. But I do want to thank the listeners, obviously, for tuning into this and getting a chance to hear us break down SmackDown. We definitely appreciate that. Hopefully you will come back next week for the go home show and let us break down smackdown for you again because it's something we definitely like also go check out all the other shows here on the wwe podcast you will definitely enjoy that it's your one-stop shop for everything pro wrestling and if you are interested in doing the aew review show definitely get in touch with matt he is looking for somebody to take over that our relay team is currently missing a leg right now that's just kind of what it is we're the last leg closing out the week the second leg i think it is maybe third i guess nxt is technically second leg so yeah third leg the one that hands off the baton to us are you freaking kidding me 
Somebody needs to step up and freaking fill this spot for us. Otherwise, we're not going to be an eligible relay team, and we will not be able to compete in any events going forward. So, yeah, do you want to have the WWE podcast ineligible for competing for all these track events? No, you don't. So we need somebody to fill this role here for Matt, get in there and start covering AEW. But, uh, yeah, I guess we can kind of end on that note. Hope you guys all have a damn good rest of your weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I will talk to you soon. Go Falcons. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.